Well, welcome again, those of you who are guests and visitors with us. Before we get into the message, just a, a quick update. This week, obviously, is a very, very big week. There's a lot of celebration that happens through this week, starting with today, uh, and then several worship opportunities for us uh, as we get ready to um, go into Good Friday and then also next week into Easter Sunday. So just a couple of things uh, in terms of our worship schedule. This is a very big slide, a lot of words. Uh, but basically, let me. you can go to our website. This is all on our website, but I just wanted to put this on your mind as to a couple of opportunities you have this week to celebrate what God has done. Uh, this Thursday, Monday, Thursday at 7 p.m., downtown campus, uh, we have uh, a worship service that celebrates communion and Monday, what that means uh, in the life of the believer. Then Good Friday is coming up. We have several opportunities. 10 o'clock in the morning here at our family center, we're having a, a kids a worship service, and that Sherry mentioned with uh, building the garden. Um, and then in the evening, both at our downtown and our family center site here, we're having Good Friday worship services, which uh, are, are characteristically just really intense and dark and uh, really thinking about that night or that day that Jesus died on the cross. Then culminating the week on Easter Sunday, uh, downtown campus, 7 o'clock, we added a service, 9 and 10.30, and then here at the Family Center, our normal services at 9 and 10.30. So again, all this is on our website, and you can uh, check that out at trinityhudson.org. So welcome. We're closing out our series today, and the series is called Unbelievable, and uh, the whole idea of the series is we tend to just rush through things when we do the readings, when we think of it just even naturally, we tend to rush through these weeks, rush through events without even just stopping, slowing down, and really asking, what does this really mean? What are these stories about? And as we do, especially with the stories of Jesus going into the the last week of his life here, the stories are unbelievable. And so we have been processing this idea, while the spectacular catches your attention, the familiar goes unnoticed. Right? You get used to things. The things that become familiar to you, you tend not to notice. Okay? So if, if every week we had palm branches and we were waving palms, it wouldn't be anything special after a while because it's familiar. We're used to it. And so that whole idea as we go into the series has been that the idea that a holy God would take such drastic measures to save a sinful world is simply unbelievable. That's what our series has been. And if you've missed any of them, you can go back on our website and listen online. Uh, We're also on iTunes as well. So a question for you. Have you ever had someone do something very special for you, and after the fact, you were like, I can't believe that they did that? When Kelly and I were first dating, first year of dating, and Valentine's Day was coming up, and so I had it in my, I I planned out this wonderful evening, and and, uh, she knew that we were going to be going to dinner uh, on uh, Valentine's Day. And so a week before, I sent her a letter or an invitation to this special dinner. I sent it to her apartment, and she opens it up, and it was, you know, wear something really nice. This is going to be the most amazing dinner of your life, and wear something nice, you know. And, and it was signed anonymous. Yeah, like she didn't know. So that whole week, she would hold that letter, and she goes, I'm going out with somebody. I bet it's not you. She taunt me. <clears throat> so... Come the night, and I had ta- and, and so the, the evening comes, and I had talked my dad into being a chauffeur, okay? So my dad pulls up to the, her apartment, 
And he gets out of the car, and he, like, gets into it. He wears, like, he has a tuxedo on. And he comes to the door, knocks on the door. Kelly opens the door, expecting me, and it's my dad. <clears throat> so I'm telling you, he gets into it. He blindfolds her. Luckily, they knew each other. I mean, that would be weird. <laughs> blindfolds her, puts her into <laughs> this Ford Fiesta. You know, I've talked about that car before. Puts her in this Ford Fiesta in the back seat, and, and, which means it's a two-door. So she, in her nice dress, is my dad, never mind. So in, in, in the back seat, she's blindfolded, and my dad did, had this brilliant idea. He wasn't just going to drive to the restaurant, because could, you could kind of figure out where you're turning and figure it out. He goes in the parking lot and does donuts. Just, woo, woo, and he's going like this. Kelly told me later, she goes, I literally was about to throw up. Just... <laughs> So he does that. He's driving all over the place. Meanwhile, while he's doing all this, I go to the restaurant. It's a beautiful restaurant. If you've been to Phoenix, there's this restaurant called Top of the Rock. And it's in Tempe, Tempe, Phoenix area. And it sits up in these little mountains, and it looks over the the lights of Tempe, Scottsdale, and and Phoenix. Just a beautiful place. Very, very swanky. I mean, it's like six months of income just to pay for the one dinner. So we're in there, and I I go to the maitre d', and I arrange this whole thing, and I said, I just, this is such a special night for me, and I I want it to be really good, and so he gave us the table, the best table in the house, which is right uh, against these big glass windows that overlook the city, and the lights sparkling. Oh, it was awesome. So Kelly, so my dad drives Kelly up to the front door. I'm there, and she's still blindfolded, about to throw up in the back seat. He gets out, tells Kelly, you know, stay here. I'll come around the side of the car, and I'll help you out. Well, he, he opens the door and then just closes it, and I was standing there. I open her door. I get, and, and I help her out and put her hand on my arm, and we walk into this restaurant. She's kind of stumbling, and, you know, because she has the blindfold on, and the doors open, and I take the blindfold off of her, and she doesn't look at me. She looks at the restaurant, and she's like amazed, and off in the corner is the table, you know, one single light coming down. The angels started singing. It was like, oh, it was just perfect, you know, in my romantic craziness, you know. And then we got married, and that was it. So <laughs> have you ever had something planned out for you? You know, maybe it was that special anniversary like that. Maybe it was a surprise trip somewhere. Maybe it was when you came home and your husband had planned to clean the house just for you. Doesn't mean he did it, but he planned to do it just for you. What makes all these stories surrounding Jesus these last couple of days of his life on earth, uh, and what makes them so amazing and unbelievable, unbelievable, including today, is that every single thing that happened to Jesus was planned by him. Everything that happened to him, the good, the bad, the hurtful, the death, the resurrection, was planned by him. Prophecies from hundreds of years before it actually happened, planned out by God that this was, this was all going to happen. Over and over and again, God had looked at the script of Jesus being betrayed and handed over and killed. Why? Why would God plan something like this? Because he loves you. And you would do whatever it takes to rescue somebody that you loved. That's part of the plan. 
So today we're going to be looking at this unbelievable story of Palm Sunday in uh, just the few minutes that we have. Uh, If you want to turn to Matthew 21, starting at verse 1, that's where we're going to be. Basically, the setup to the story is this last week was the last week, the Passover week, and uh, Jesus and the disciples were coming into town to celebrate the Passover. Now, historians tell us that at this time there was about 2.5 million people that would descend in and on the Jerusalem area. And, if you, and back then, Jerusalem was not very big. And, and so th- tons of people, lots of celebration. People from all over the world were there. Uh, and uh, on Friday, students, remember during our Seder meal, one of the last things that we talked about, we said um, next year in Jerusalem. Remember families that you were there? The hope of every Jew is that they would be able to celebrate at least one Passover in their life in Jerusalem. So this was a big, big deal. So as we read the story, remember that Jesus had a plan. He knew that today, Palm Sunday, would set off the events that would ultimately lead him to the cross. So Matthew 21 uh, says this. When they came near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, that's just a couple of miles, not even really, uh, distance, um, On the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples ahead of him. It's part of the plan. He said to them, go into the village ahead of you. You will find a donkey tied there and a colt with it. He had gone to this city before and set it up. Now, that's not not in the Bible, but there's extra biblical things that pour into and support the idea that Jesus' entourage, that had all been set up ahead of time, and even the language supports that uh, in the text. So you're going to find a donkey and a colt with it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, and then Jesus gives a password. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them. And when that person hears that, they're going to sit, give, it, give you the donkey and the colt right away. And then Matthew puts this little commentary in, talking about the plan. This was so that the prophet, what the prophet had said would come true. Tell the people of Zion, your king is coming to you, not as a warrior, not as this mighty, powerful, you know, killing things kind of warrior. Your king is coming to you. He's gentle, riding on a donkey, on a colt, a young pack animal. So the, the disciples obeyed. They carried out the plan. The disciples did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their coats on them. That's why we do coats for the king. Put their coats on them for Jesus to sit on. Most of the people spread their coats on the the road. Others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road, hence Palm Sunday. And what was amazing about this is palm trees, palm branches back then are symbols of freedom for people. Just like, you know, as Miss Jill was talking about the American flag, you know, a president comes into town and you see on TV, you know, everyone's waving the American flag. Why? Because it's a symbol of freedom. It's a symbol of our liberty and our great country. So they were waving palm branches as signs of freedom. Now get this picture. The crowd went ahead of him, and the crowd went behind him. So he's in the middle of this massive crowd coming off of the Mount of Olives down toward Jerusalem, down toward the Lion's Gate, which is down just through the valley, and he was coming up. So just literally hundreds of people followed him, and they were shouting. And we're going to say this together. Ready? Go. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Now, this was actually just an adaptation of the people who were saying, we know that you're a prophet. We know you got some powers. We know that you come from God. Don't know quite what that means, but we want saving from an oppressive government. They were thinking he was 
coming to usher in a new government. So when Jesus then came into Jerusalem, the whole city, the rest of the city was in an uproar. Actually, the, 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 uh, the Greek is in an earthquake. So, you know, not literally, but that's what it felt like. People were asking, who is this? And then the crowd answered, actually rather arrogantly, this is our prophet, Jesus, from Nazareth in Galilee. You know, it's like, here's our, our, our guy who is coming in and is now a celebrity. Do I have permission to brag a little bit about my son again? Is that okay? Can I brag? Okay, so for those of you following, I know I'm getting sick of it too, but <laughs> it just fits. So um, for those of you who don't know, my son's in a, in a band named Hippocampus, and uh, six months ago, they were playing little bars, little places, uh, house shows, really, and they're just out of high school. My son is only, he's not even old enough to be in the venues that he plays. He's only 20. So young band, a lot of energy. That was six months ago. They progressed from there that last week they were on Conan O'Brien, national TV. Now they're in, on tour, and they're, they're coming through... Um, the cities, and it, it's just amazing. But what's happening now is all of, the, all of his friends from high school are going, I gave Nathan a pencil in biology. <laughs> so that's kind of the idea that the people had. They were like really excited that, you know, this no-name comes all the way up into this, this celebrity status. It was just an amazing thing. And here's why Jesus picked this day, Sunday. And this is actually the key to the whole story. It isn't the palm branches. It isn't the Hosanna, the son of David. That's actually not the point of why Jesus did this. He did it on a specific day. Passover looks like this. On Thursday is when the people celebrate the Passover meal. uh, They kill a lamb and they have that lamb for a meal that remembers God coming and saving the Israelites uh, so many years ago. So that's on Thursday. Four days before, every Jew was required to to choose a Passover lamb on Sunday. So the connection between the two days and to what Jesus did is this. By Jesus coming and fulfilling prophecy specifically on this day, his message to the people wasn't, I'm a great king, or I've come to... To uh, um, I've come to set up this new kingdom. His message on that day is the message for us. He comes and says, choose me. I am your Passover lamb. I am the true Passover lamb, fulfilled from prophecy from thousands of years ago, now in the flesh, right here in front of you. Choose me. This Passover lamb may take care of needs and wants for a moment, And it's only a symbol of what happened. I am the real thing that takes care of your needs, especially your spiritual need from now and forever. Now, I don't know where you are spiritually here. I mean, you may have just come to see the kids. You may have just come because it's Palm Sunday and, you know, it's kind of what you do. I don't know where you are spiritually. But what what the message is for you and for me today, every single moment Jesus is saying, I'm right here. And you can choose to lean into the things that you think will bring you peace forever, the lean into the things that you're, you're, you're seeking for help with, or you can just simply surrender and choose Jesus. That's what this whole week is about. That's what today is about. Jesus offering you 
life. Because Jesus didn't die just to, to rescue you from death. You know, he didn't just pull you out of the mud and then just let you sit there. He pulled you out of the mud. He washes you clean. He offers you life. He restores you. And to pay the price, he did it himself. That's the beautiful thing about what Jesus did. So as we wrap up this series of unbelievable, called Unbelievable, I would pray that as you look at your life and you really, just you, take time, pull back, and think about your relationship with God, ask yourself this question. If I were to die tonight, where would I go? Unfortunately, life is fragile. We don't know when our time is, quote, up. But maybe that's a question you've never wrestled with before. I can tell you that there is an answer. If you let go, if by faith you're going, I I can't do this anymore, and allow the Holy Spirit to fill your heart, the answer to the question for you is, I will be in heaven with Jesus Christ, this King of glory. And there would be no doubt that that's where you'll be. And he gives you life today, and he gives you life tomorrow. He gives you life in the future. He gives you life forever. And so in just a moment, I'm going to have a stand and pray about that whole thing and just a, a prayer of surrender, a prayer of uh, uh, acknowledgement. And uh, if you're a Christ follower, use this time to re-acknowledge, to reconfirm that faith that God has given to you. And if you're still struggling with faith, if you don't quite get the whole thing, I mean, that's awesome. That's awesome. Keep struggling. But in this prayer, instead of listening to my voice, listen deeper. Listen to the voice of the Spirit. Because maybe, just maybe, today will be a first for you. Let's stand to pray. Father, in this moment on this Palm Sunday, as we think about the glory of of Jesus coming in, um, misunderstood as a celebrity, but coming in as a a lamb, a, a better and a fulfilled offering for sin, God, we think about that and we think about how wonderful it is that you are a God that loves us no matter what we've done. You love us no matter what our past. You love us no matter what we're going to do. There's nothing that can pull us apart from that love in Christ. And so for those of us who are Christ followers and that we've, we've, uh, we, we know for sure that we are your children, Lord, we just pray that this day, this week coming up, this whole series has been a reconfirmation uh, of who you are in our life and how you have brought us from death to life. And Father, I just want to pray for those who are still struggling with your faith, first of, with their faith. First of all, God, I believe there's a reason they're in this room today. I believe there's a reason they're listening to the podcast this time. And I think it's because you want to impress upon them that, first of all, to keep struggling with it, keep asking questions, but most of all, God, that you would impress upon their hearts that no matter what's happened, no matter what's happening now, your Holy Spirit is moving in their life, that you love them, and that you sent this Jesus as a king to be killed a short five days later and to rise again so that we all can know that we are going to heaven because of him. 
I praise you for this moment. I praise you for what you're doing and what you have done. God, we just thank you and praise you for your grace and your mercy in Christ. It's in his name we pray and all of us said, amen.